0: Hello and welcome to the Prospect Sermons Podcast, the preaching ministry of Prospect Baptist Church. This podcast is dedicated to the faithful exposition of the Scripture and the edification of the local church. This is Parker Smith, senior pastor of Prospect Baptist, located in Fayetteville, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the sermon you are about to hear will help you grow in your understanding of God's Word, point you toward the person of Jesus Christ, and encourage you to live for the glory of God. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Prospect Sermons Podcast. So much, Scott and Kim, and our choir. If you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn them on, turn them to the book of Ephesians. We're starting chapter number five and look at verses 22 through 24 this morning. Again, while you're turning there, if you're a guest, I want to say again a word of welcome to you. Do us a favor, fill out that card. You can turn it in as you leave. Um, We'll have just a small gift to let you know we appreciate you being here. And um, if you've been with us, uh, if you're new with us, so this is. We're shifting in between series and we're walking in, beginning a new series now um, called The Gospel and the Family, The Gospel-Centered Family, and in keeping with our commitment to expository preaching, this section uh, is really geared towards with a common theme, namely that of the family. There's a lot that I could say. My thoughts typically are very circular uh, rather than linear. They're jumbled, Uh, I just like to think in that way. It's not always linear, but more circular and conceptual in my line of thinking. And so sometimes I can struggle to process through things in a logical order, it's just the way that God wired me. But I do wanna say this in in speaking to the gospel and geared towards around the family, there are certainly principles and applications that go beyond the family. That is to say, if you're here, and you're unmarried or you're engaged, you're thinking about a future spouse in mind or you're devoted to singleness and you're dating or you are a widow, there is something that is here for you as well. And in following the Lord, I pray that we would see that, we'll discover that. But certainly I think beyond that, there's a tendency to have this type of thinking if you've read the text already to think, well, boy, does pastor have some really difficult things to say to the ladies today. And then next week, he's going to say some things to the men. But really, Paul's aim is something entirely different. And I'm going to show you that, Lord willing, in just a moment. So my prayer is that we would consider the gospel in light of the family and that we would consider the gospel in light of our lives as well. Because, as I've said often, it is from the gospel that we live our lives in light of the redemption of Christ. And that is why the aim and the vision statement of our church is Colossians 129, that we may present every person mature in Christ. And so my prayer is that we would mature, that we would grow in the gospel, that we would dive deep into the gospel, that we would swim, if you will, in the grace of God, that we would truly mature in Christ, that the gospel would really affect everything about us. And we begin to make application in our homes, also in our families, and certainly even here within our church. And so it is out of that reality, I would invite you to stand out of the honor and reverence of the reading of God's word in Ephesians chapter five, verse 22 through 24. The apostle Paul says this, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, And is himself its savior. Now the church, now as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit in everything to their husbands. This is the word of the Lord. If you believe it, would you say amen? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, that we would see Christ and we would see the example and his gospel that he has displayed to the world, but for those in Christ they would see the transformation that through your spirit has brought to us. God, I pray that we would examine this text in light of Christ and we would see him exalted and lifted up. I pray that your spirit would allow us to hear your word, to believe it in faith and to apply it in our lives. And we would leave here changed for it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to call your attention to a few things this morning. I want to I want you to see, first of all, I want you to see the context. Paul, as we saw, even in the book of Galatians, has a particular style and flow of his writing, namely that he often will fillet his writing in a particular order and flow. He begins usually with a greeting and then begins to unpack some very doctrinal truths. And usually after filling our minds with great truths about God, he then invites us to apply these truths very practically. We saw this in the book of Galatians, namely for really four chapters, Paul hammered away, doctrine, 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 right thinking, right thinking, right thinking. And then he invites us to say, then what does this look like? It is by living by the spirit. In Galatians five and six, he does the same thing in the book of Romans. He has this big therefore in chapter 12 that after 11 chapters, of unpacking doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. Paul begins in Romans 12, one. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. So in light of 11 chapters of theology, Paul then says, here's how this should change your life. Here's how this should be lived out. Here's how the gospel should be applied. And Paul is doing that the very same thing in the book of Ephesians as well. We could say it this way, we don't just merely arrive in the same way that we just opened our Bibles to Ephesians chapter five. We arrive to Ephesians chapter five through Ephesians one through chapter four. And we see it in light of that, it's kinda like traveling through a journey. Then when you arrive to your destination, we really see what's happened before, really affects the way that we view What's going on in this text? That's the art of expositing or exegeting the passage and expository preaching. Scan with me through the book of Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians chapter one. We're just gonna scan through to see what the apostle Paul has been unpacking. You'll see some of this verbiage here. As we scan through the book of Ephesians, he began with God's plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to himself in Christ. And he says that in love, Christ has saved us, he's predestined us of adoption as sons and sealed us by his spirit. He begins in chapter number two, Ephesians chapter two, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Moreover, he has united both Jews and Gentiles together, removing the hostility and ethnic division. He then moves into chapter number three. Paul begins and speaks of this divine mystery that's hidden for ages. The Gentiles are included. You too, Ephesians, are included. They are partakers in the same redemption. He says in Ephesians, for this reason, a chapter three fourteen. I bow the knee. I pray to the Lord that you may be strengthened, rooted and grounded in love, strengthened by his power, that you may fully comprehend the love and mercy of God. Ephesians chapter four, there's his big therefore. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling, Not as one who is not a believer, but instead as one who has been redeemed, one who has received the grace of God. Put into practice these things, the gift of the spirit that has been given to you. Walk together, edify the Lord's church in which you are a part of his body. 417, you have been given new life in Christ. You are new, walk as new creatures. Put on the new self, forsake your flesh. He continues in Ephesians chapter five, therefore be imitators of God, not as the world, but live in light of his son. Don't walk in darkness for you are children of light. Make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Watch your lips, watch your lives before others. All of this now pointing to Ephesians chapter five, verse 22, all the way through Ephesians chapter six, verse nine of how the gospel influences our life together. It influences our home. It is a gospel centered family. So that's the context and that's important because of the command that we see or should I say that we don't see. I want you to see the context but I also want you to see the command. Look at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And if you were to read your English translation, and I would say in most of your translations sitting there today, you see this verb, submit. Yet, in the original language, that is the Greek, there is no verb, In verse 22, there is no verbal command given in verse 22. It is instead implied. It's an implied imperative. It's an implied verb from someplace else. Where is it? And in part, it comes from verse 21. Look at verse 21. Submitting, that is be subject to, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And in this, we begin to see that this submission is not just for women. It's not just even more specifically only for wives, but it is for everyone. It's submission that is something to be done, a mutual submission to one another in the Christian community, specifically within the local church. This submission is grounded in something. It's out of reverence for Christ. And in the Greek, he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives to your own husband as to the Lord. Paul is grounding submission in the outworking of the gospel. And I'll note here, it doesn't say women submit to every man. It doesn't say men, you're superior. It doesn't say just do whatever any man demands of you. No, there is a particular submission that we are subject to in a particular relationship that is to your husband. Namely, that God intends a particular order within the home that is good, that is godly for wives to submit to their husbands. And I'll argue in just a moment that husbands too have a responsibility to submit to their wives out of reverence for Christ. But what that looks like is different for the husband than the wives, as we'll see in just a moment. Yet beyond verse 21, I know we're doing some textual work this morning. Beyond verse 21, the verb where we see it's translated in verse 22, it comes from wives submit to your own husbands I'm drawing that out because I want you to see that Paul doesn't just pull this out of thin air. Paul is grounding his argument in submission in something. It is out of reverence to Christ. It is unto the Lord, verse 22. But even in verse 21, he's grounding it in something else. The verb in verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, is not a verbal imperative. It's actually a participle. It's actually a list of five participles. A participle is merely a way in which we carry out a command. It's the way in which we do something. Submission, submitting to one another, Paul argues, is a way that we do that. Do what? Ephesians 5, look at verse 15 through 21. Look carefully, there's the verbal command, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Now I'm gonna show you how to look carefully how you walk. Paul gives a participle in verse 16. Making the best use of time, that's how you are to walk wisely, to look carefully. Make the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, Another verbal command, do not be foolish. And second verbal command, understand what is the will of the Lord. And verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, but another command, be filled with the spirit. Here's the participles, the way in which you do that, addressing one another and Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always to one another for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fifthly, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. In other words, the way of submission is in light of what it means to walk carefully before the Lord. The way of submission is a way in which we understand the will of God and moreover, what it looks like, don't miss this, to be filled with the Spirit. We could say it this way, submission becomes a natural part of your life when you are walking in the Spirit. That understanding that God has a particular order and rhythm to his creation and the way of submission comes when we are filled with the Spirit, when we are denying self and putting our wishes and desires to death and keeping a view not on ourself, but with a view to Christ. I'll say that again. The way of submission comes when we are filled with the Spirit, when we deny self and put our wishes and desires to death and keep a view not of ourselves, but with a view to Christ this is because submission is in reality a form of love and it's contained within love and you see that when we consider our relationship with Christ and his church love is what you see on display but this principle at play goes beyond that with just within the home submission and love, living in light of Christ, denying self, being filled with the spirit, delighting in God's created order in life goes beyond the home. God has established order and structure and governs and rules us. And he gives to us authority and power and also gives to them with authority and power, great accountability. But you see it in many realms. You see it In the church, Ephesians, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 13. Obey your leaders and submit to them for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. You see submission and authority and accountability that's there. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. You see it also not only in the church, but also in society. The apostle Paul writes in Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. And those who exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, everyone must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. God's given an established authority in the church. He's established authority within society. Even within your job, God would have us to live and to work in such a way that would bring honor to him, that we would be diligent workers who do what is asked of us, but also within our home. Paul shows us this, and we'll see this often without this text together, that submission requires love for them. They go hand in hand. If you don't love your pastor, you'll never submit to him in the spirit. If you don't love your boss, you'll never really submit to them in the spirit. If you don't love those that are in office and you may say things, how easy it is for us to say, well, I didn't vote for him. I ain't doing that. Not because you've really considered their request or their demands, It's just simply that you have no love for them. Therefore, you won't obey. And in the home, the apostle Paul says, God has established authority. He has given the husband as the head. And the responsibility of the wives is to submit to her husband as to the Lord. She submits not because he deserves it, not because he's done enough to earn her submission or your level, my level of submission will be dependent upon your level of merit, but rather she submits because God has established order and his will and it is a way for her to display love. It is a way that she understands the will of God for her, that following the order and rule, the structure, even within the home, it is a good, noble, godly thing living by the spirit. Paul says in Colossians chapter three, verse 18, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. This is God's created order that God has established men to be the head of the household. Titus chapter two, so train the young women who love their husbands and children to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. And ultimately, don't miss this, submission is not about dominance. It's not about control. It's not about who's in charge around here. It's about understanding the will of God. Ephesians 5:17 It's about being filled with the spirit. Ephesians 5:18 It's about doing what is honoring unto the Lord. But really, it boils down to love. And walking in the spirit, we will have love for one another. We will submit to one another out of reverence to Christ if husbands and wives are walking by the spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Ephesians five seventeen and 18. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And when we are filled, not with ourselves, but with love, Submission comes naturally. It's coming from love. So you may say, Well, Brother Parker, that's not in the text. That's not what Paul says. Where are you getting that from? I I don't care what you think it says, Pastor, show it to me. I would say, That's good. You shouldn't believe what I say unless it's in the scripture. Then show it to me. Show me in the scripture. I don't see love here. And I would point you to verses 23 and 24 in our text this morning. And i would also note to you to keep reading and I would implore you over the next few weeks that your home, beloved, is to reflect this type of love. But he shows us, he shows us love, not only in the context, not only in the command, but he shows us love. Where is it? Where is love? It's in his comparisons. It's in verses 23 and 24. Point number three, the comparisons. Wives, be subject or submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, verse 23. For or because, because, here's the reason, and Paul gives us two reasons in verses 23 and 24. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and in himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, the wives should submit in everything to their husband. So he gives two arguments. One is headship and the second one is submission. And I will argue that both are grounded in love. Paul uses two verbs in verses 23 and 24. The first verb in verse 23 is the verb is. The husband is the head of the wife. The second is the word submit in verse 24. Now, as the church submits to Christ, and both of them are in the indicative for the reasons or expressions as to why we do something. But the imperative, and this is why I stress verse 17 and 18, comes from Ephesians five seventeen and 18. Don't be foolish. Know what God's will is. Be filled with the Spirit. How do I do that? Paul says this is what it looks like, verses 19 through 21. Addressing one another in the Spirit, glorifying God. Singing and making melody in the Spirit, glorifying God. Giving thanks in the Spirit, glorifying God. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ in the Spirit, glorifying God. Paul continues, here are my examples of how this is to be applied. Wives, to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Sacrifice for her. Children, obey your parents, 6-1. And I pray what rings over and over and over again over the last next four weeks is that your family, beloved, Your marriage, beloved, isn't just a private endeavor. It is a way in which you display the work of the Spirit in your life. And it is the first way in which you display the work of the Spirit in your life. I'll say this, if you aren't doing this in your home, something is off. Paul notes the grounds of his argument of submission here. In Ephesians 5.21, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. for For the husband, here's the motivation, is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and his himself, its savior. Paul centers his argument in the motivation of submission in the realm of headship. Moreover, that Christ is the head of his church. Paul uses the word here for head, it's kephale. It means to be the source of origin or the head of something. It's rendered in other places as cornerstone and that Christ is the cornerstone of the church. And in pulling back this argument, he's pulling an argument from the Genesis account of God establishing a created order. He's referencing back to Genesis chapter two, verse 21 through 24, in which the man or the woman is made from man. And Adam was the source of his wife's existence. So therefore the husband is the head of his wife. Paul pulls this argument again in 1 Corinthians 11, verse three. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. And in this sense, headship implies leadership. The same could be seen how Paul uses this word kephale within the book of Ephesians. Headship implies and denotes leadership. Look at Ephesians chapter one. Paul uses this word in Ephesians one, verse 19 through 23 according to the working of his great might, and he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places far above rule and authority, power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he has placed all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels all in all. You see kephale again, denoting leadership, headship in Ephesians chapter four. Look in Ephesians four, verse 15 and 16. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in him in every way who is the head into Christ from the whole body, from whom the whole body joined and held together every joint in which is it equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Just a few pages over to your right in the book of Colossians, Paul in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And now Paul uses in Ephesians 5:23 our text this morning: for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. It means leader, it means headship. Men, you need not ask your wife's permission to lead your family. Wives, you need not fight your husband in leading your house. Well, I'm just dominant, I'm just strong-willed. You may be in the flesh, but by the spirit, you are to come under the headship of your husband. All of this is good, all of this is the will of God, all of this is orderly. And I'll tell you, if there's one thing that is lacking in society, it's that of biblical manhood. We've reduced biblical manhood to real men don't go to church. Well, the Bible's for wimps. Real men hunt and fish and cuss and parade around and drink and party, get into fist fights, see who the real man is. That's the way of the fool, beloved. I'll tell you what real manhood is. It's leading your home, men. It's being the head of your house. It's loving your wife. It's loving your children. I'll say this, where there is headship and there's problems of headship, Other problems aren't far behind. That's true in the church with women pastors and the theological drift of liberalism that isn't far behind that. Why? Because God has spoken. There's an order. There's a created order. And if we ignore the clear teachings on this matter, everything else is subject to your opinion as well. And the same is true in your home. And over the years, I cannot tell you the number of problems that I've counseled in, and I've seen them manifest themselves in the church with different people and different personalities, and beloved, almost to a T. You don't have to look very far, and you will see that headship is off. It's it they follow one another so often. Husbands, I'm talking to you first. Step up, be a man. Lead your family. Be the head of your family. Love your wife in this way, because this is what it means to be the head. It's not domineering. It's not you need to obey me and listen to me. This has nothing to do with dominance, but everything to do with love. Ephesians five twenty three. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. You know what headship looks like? It looks like laying down your life for your wife. That's what headship looks like. It looks like sacrifice. It looks like what Paul says. Look how he continues in Ephesians 5 verse 25 through 30. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own body for he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. The word here for savior As Christ is the Savior, it means deliverer. It means protector, someone who gives of himself for her. And here's what I'll say. You cannot have true headship without love. Headship requires love. What does it look like to be the head of my home? It doesn't mean my wife does everything that I ask she's not a doormat to your every wish and will. She has dignity, she has worth, she's made in the image of God. And any man walking in the spirit who loves his wife will not view her in that way. He loves her, he gives to her, he considers her, he sacrifices for her, he loves her like his savior has loved him. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Men, when has the Lord ever come to you with a demeanor of, and you will do this? Very rarely. Husbands, leading your home means loving your wife. Love her well. Consider her sacrifice for her, lead her well. This is how Christ leads and gives to his church. This is how Christ loves his church. Note the text, verse 24. Now, second comparison, as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Note the logic of the apostle Paul. Christ is the head, And as the savior of the church, he has loved us, given himself for us. And we love him because he has first loved us. So the church responds to the love of Christ and is obedient to him out of the love in which he has shown us and we have for him now. As the church submits to Christ, verse 24, so wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Submission and fellowship usually come on the heels of love that the church submits to Christ because he has redeemed us, he has saved us, he has loved us. And it's equally true that true submission requires love as well. As I've said, you can't have true headship without love. Headship requires love. So also you can't have true submission without love. Submission requires love. Submission doesn't hang over someone's head. Well, I'm waiting on you to love before I submit. Or my submission is contingent upon your doing and you measuring up. To which I would just say, that's not very loving either, is it? They go hand in hand. Wives, submit to your husbands. This is good, this is godly, this is right. Whether you think he deserves it or not. Peter would even go so far as to say to women who is even married to an unbelieving spouse, that is, they're not a Christian. They can have the posture of, I won't listen to you until you trust Jesus. How am I to follow you unto the Lord when you don't even follow Jesus? Yet Peter didn't have that posture. He didn't give that command to women of unbelieving husbands. He says in 1 Peter 3, one and two, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Wives, submit. Husbands, love your wives, give to her give of yourself to her, serve her, protect her, defend her, love her, lead her. They go hand in hand. Note the text in Ephesians 24. Now, as the church submits to Christ, we love our Savior, He loves us, we desire to be obedient. Even when our flesh rises up, we follow Him, we submit to Him because we love Him so also, he continues, in this way. This is the manner in which you are to submit. Wives submit in everything to their husbands. And just what is everything? And I would say it is everything. It is a picture of complete obedience and submission. Is this not the way that we follow Christ? Is this not the way that the church follows Christ or is it a half-hearted devotion? Sometimes I submit, sometimes I don't submit. That's not submission, that's hypocrisy. To which some of you may be feeling and if somebody were taking a sound bite of the sermon, they may twist my words to say everything. There are limits to Paul's statement and I recognize that. And if we recognize the text, we recognize that as well. Because it is as the church submits to Christ. So can we say that following following someone into sin is off limits? Yes, Christ would not lead us to sin in that way. Hey, sweetie, I, I think we ought to fudge the numbers on our taxes this year be sin. Hey, when they ask you about this, I need you to lie for me. It's not what Paul is getting at. Not following into sin. This submission does not tolerate abuse. Let me say this. Any man abusing a woman, let me remind you of the covenant that you made to her to honor and protect her as your spouse. And it is a wicked forsaking of the covenant before the Lord if you would do such a thing. And I would not want to be you on the day of judgment to answer for your cowardness, but also for the evil that you are committing before God. And may you repent today. It is evil. And to any woman, I would say, get help. Come see me. We'll call the police. We'll get you out of that situation. But Christ does not bring harm upon us. He brings us to safety, redemption. Redemption is the way that Christ has loved us. He leads us now. He doesn't domineer over us. This does not mean that the the wife doesn't have a say in anything. They discuss matters. They talk about those things. They honor one another. They speak about it. They have a discussion. And the wife says, I so desire to follow you here. And the husband says, I so desire to honor you in this situation as Christ would, 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 would lead his church, as his church would follow Christ. And so we have submission and love and we lead out of that. We lead not into sin, That isn't how Christ leads us. It leads us not into abuse. That isn't how Christ leads us. He leads us and doesn't say, well, you really don't have a role here. He doesn't express his utter disappointment in us when we let him down. He doesn't say, well, you just need to measure up before I ever do anything for you. And Paul would have us ultimately to turn our attention towards the Lord and towards Christ who has given himself, who is our savior. And out of that reality, out of the relationship of Christ and his church, out of the gospel, Paul says we live our lives. Our homes are affected. Wives, husbands, it'd be so easy for us to walk in the flesh within our family well, well, tell him he needs to, or, or, or can, she, can you believe that she did? Or, or my goodness, if you would just fill in the blank. I ain't doing fill in the blank. When I was a child, my go-to line, when someone would ask something of me that I did not want to do, you know what I would say as a young four, five-year-old, six-year-old? to establish my dominance over someone, it's pretty comical. I would say it in the best way that I could. You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. And I meant it as I'm in charge of me. You're not the boss of me. I'm in charge around here. That's the flesh. That's the danger of the flesh wrecking your home, wrecking your family, wrecking your marriage. And Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Have the mind of Christ. Know the will of God. Love the way that Christ has loved you. Submit, love the way that Christ has loved his bride. Husbands, live by the Spirit. Wives, live by the Spirit. Children, live by the Spirit. Live out of the gospel that you have received. Love in the way that God has loved you in Christ. Give in the way that God has given to you in Christ. Forgive in the way that Christ has forgiven you. Consider one another the way that Christ has considered you. Do you see the gospel on display in your home? The backdrop of every family and every marriage, the backdrop that should hang should be the cross of Christ. The cross in which Jesus died, the cross on which your flesh is crucified too, as well. The way of submission comes when we are filled with the Spirit, when we are denying self and putting our wishes and desires to death and keeping a view not on ourselves, but to Christ. I conclude this morning by reading to you again the full context of what Paul is aiming towards in Ephesians 5, verse 22 through 24, and it comes from verses 15 to 24. And I want you to see all of this unpacked as I read through this, and we'll close this morning. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what is the will of the Lord And don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, to your husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the Christ, as the church submits to Christ, so wives to their husbands in everything. pray. Well, as always, thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Prospect Sermons Podcast. If you'd like more information about Prospect Baptist Church, you can visit our website at prospectbaptistchurch.org or you can find us on Facebook by searching Prospect Baptist Church, Fayetteville, Tennessee. If you live in the Fayetteville area, we would love for you to join us in worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m., If you're not comfortable doing that at this time, we understand. But please know we are live streaming our services on Facebook Live. We do hope to see you soon and look forward to you worshiping with us. Until next time on the Prospect Sermons Podcast.